Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It is the uh, Tuesday edition of The Drive. Well, obviously, it would make sense that on a Tuesday afternoon, it'd be the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this gorgeous day. Uh, Dan is now, he's headed to Old Dominion for a game tomorrow and then to Bowling Green for a game this weekend. So once again, very pleased to be joined here in the studio by Coach Don Dunn. Don, how you doing today? Doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me again. Man, uh, I, I, I love this weather. It could stay like this. It could stay just like it's been here for, I mean, all year long. I'd be, yeah. I'd be thrilled. I mean, temperature barely gets into the 60s or something sunny. There's no humidity. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, freezing at night. I don't mind it in the 40s. That's that's fine. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it, is just, it is just gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful day. Uh, one of my favorite times of year. I love fall, of course. But yeah, early spring. As long as it's uh, yeah, not things too... you're starting to see little little hints of some buds and things like that. <laughs> yeah, for it is. Sure. It is also you know we're just about um, we're we're getting very close to the diamond season. Talking about softball and baseball. Softball gets started um, in three days. Baseball gets started uh, a week from Friday. And Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers. Usually uh, joining us, he will join us today as he does on Tuesdays. But you know, last week when we were talking with him, we said something about oh they were pra- they were they were scrimmaging at the ballpark, and he went I could have I could have called in from the ballpark, right? And that's what he's going to do today. Good. So uh, so he's he's over there, and we'll be checking in with us in just a little while from Sanford Stadium, Hitchcock Field at Plainsman Park, as. Uh, you know, the, that's just a few days away. We're one day away from a huge, huge basketball game at Neville Arena. And uh, again, uh, it, it was mentioned today at uh, Bruce Pearl, spent a little bit of time with the media earlier today, about, about an hour and a half ago. And it was mentioned again today, this is the first time ever that both teams have been ranked with Auburn hosting Alabama. Auburn and Alabama have played each other as ranked teams, but it's all been away from Auburn. It has never happened at Auburn. When Auburn has been ranked, Alabama hasn't, and hmm. vice versa with games played at Auburn. So the 12th or 11th ranked Tigers, depending on if you're looking at the AP or the coaches poll, Auburn's 12th in the AP, 11th in the coaches poll, uh, hosting 16th ranked Alabama. Alabama in sole possession of first place in the SEC right now with an 8-1 and one mark halfway through the season. Auburn one game back at seven and two. Yeah, it's uh, you can already feel excitement building. I think they're already camping out over there. <laughs> the students. I, I saw a group as I was over at the arena. That's where the yeah. uh, 
the media opportunity with, with Bruce obviously was. And, yeah, there were some that were hanging around there by the student entrance just uh, uh, getting things set up. So it's not going to be as frigid as sometimes when they have, so that's good. Yeah, and and hopefully the professors understand if they're not in class tomorrow. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, it's a really big uh, big game, uh, and should be exciting. Should be a, another great great crowd, but no doubt. And I've already seen or heard where their coach has said something about our arena, so I'm sure that's one thing they didn't need to happen. <laughs> you know, Nato's Nato's does meant I, to do it. Well, I don't know. I think he does. <laughs> I think I think he I think he uh, doesn't mind. Uh, a jab here or there. And this one was sort of, I mean, depending on how you look at it, I mean, it could be taken as a, oh, I understand where he's coming from because he said Neville Arena, the the atmosphere at Neville Arena remind, remind, uh, reminds him of a high school gym that is packed with a couple of thousand folks, which is way more than capacity. That kind of you know, everybody hanging, <laughs> hanging on, hanging over the onto the court and stuff like that. Um, but but yeah, I think he I think he knew exactly what he was saying. Uh, he he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to to, to mind uh, a jab or two here or there. And maybe you know maybe he's trying to get you know something that would would get the Auburn players maybe a little too heated. One of the things Bruce Pearl talking about today is. You know, they everybody has to play under control, but they have to do what they need to do. <clears throat> and then Bruce spent a little bit of time imploring the the Auburn fans to uh, he wants he said he wants to play crazy, but he'd he'd like everybody to he'd like the fans, and I'm I'm sure he's addressing the students, so the ones that are closest to the court, <laughs> to uh, to watch their language. Mm. Yeah, uh, and and I I I know the response that that's gotten from some, um, but but it is what it is. I mean. Look, you, you want it to be intense. You want to have that home court advantage. You just don't want it to get nasty. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a good point by Coach. Uh, he's a class guy, and he knows uh, that there's no need for that. And, again, you know, sometimes the emotions just take over. But uh, hopefully our crowd will, will behave themselves and be loud and, and uh, get after their tails. Yeah, so uh, we'd love your thoughts. What do you think about the ball game tomorrow? Alabama, of course, won up in Tuscaloosa in a game where they jumped out big, and and then Auburn, I thought, played really well in the second half and were and and came back and and had a chance, but Alabama held them off. Seventy nine seventy five was the final up in Tuscaloosa. It was a game in which uh, you know one thing that that. Uh, really cost Auburn, I thought, in both those game, road games that week at Tuscaloosa and Starkville was the um, the offensive rebounds that Auburn allowed. And that's one of the things Bruce Pearl talked about again today, too. We've got to keep them off the glass. Got to um, get out and uh, get a hand in their face, defend them. You know, don't let them shoot uncontested threes because they're going to shoot threes. Right. And as he pointed out, they average making over 11 threes per game. And when they win, they make 12 or more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, get out there. They're going to take them. If you can get out there and contest those shots and then not allow them to get second shots, that'll give you a, a much, much better chance. So, so uh, we, we love your thoughts. 
Again, Andy Burcham will be checking in with us in uh, in a few. Uh, it almost it, it almost slipped my slipped my mind earlier today when somebody went, "Hey, tomorrow's signing day." Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was thinking the exact same thing, Bill, riding over here. This day would normally be a nervous pins and needles for everybody, absolutely, fans, coaches, parents, administrators. And now it's all like, huh, just another day. Yeah, because there aren't many players who haven't signed, who yeah. didn't sign wow. in the early signing period. And and I've seen more talk uh, from, from folks trying to figure what to do. I, I, I saw a, uh, someone suggesting earlier today, and, you know, we talked about this, we talked about this uh, last week, uh, that there, there really needs to be something to clear things up there in in December. I mean, next year, the December signing period is right in the middle of the first round of playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's just something needs to be changed there. Uh, and and we were talking, and and you know, when when Jason's been on with us, we've talked about either an early signing period. You know, Brian Brian yesterday was saying, you know, maybe in in June or July or something like that before kids start their senior seasons. But I, the more I – I mean, that sounds good, but you know what I worry about? I worry about high schoolers then st- holding themselves out and not wanting to get injured their senior year. Yeah, I've never been a fan of the early, early signing date of uh, before their senior year or, or after. I, I just don't think that can work, but maybe it is something to look at. But you're right. They have to do something about December because next year it affects, what, 12 more, uh, twelve teams? Right. Plus everybody else. And then the portal and all that. I mean, it's just crazy. What, what, I, saw, uh, what I saw proposed today was just go back to the February signing day, mm-hmm. have that be the signing day, and I guess then, look, if you've got early, early graduates, they go ahead and enroll. You just don't worry about – you know, but but your signing period would be in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I st- I'm still I'm still not sure how that would work because it seems like most of the players are graduating early. <clears throat> so how would that how would that be? That means that means no one would be bound to anyone until <laughs> till classes got started. That's that do, that wouldn't work either. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but we got to do something because it's getting out of hand and. Every day you see more and more college guys going to the pros, and I think there'll be more after this Sunday, after the Super Bowl. I really do. I think there'll be one more surge. Well, I just the, – the only thing – I read something today from one of the uh, national writers who said the biggest problem is is just there's a limited number. There's a, there's a finite number of coaching spots in the NFL, and a lot of NFL teams or – the head coach or the general manager would like somebody that's got that that is more of a proven commodity coaching, right? And and with a lot of college coaches, it's I mean, opposite. it's it's yes, it's recruiting and then working on those coaching chops, right? Exactly, that's a good point. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, uh, I, because this writer said. Folks would be, and he didn't list. He didn't list a number. He said folks would be astounded at how many college coaches inquired or were hoping to move to the NFL. But the fact of the matter was, there just weren't opportunities for them. Yeah, that's probably true. Because uh, 
at that level, it's more – I mean, it is all coaching in the pro level. You're exactly right. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But, yeah, I can see how, you know, like you said, the college guy nowadays, even when I was coaching, you got to be a recruiter. Mm-hmm. You can teach them what you want on the field, but – at the pro level, they don't have time. They got to be, you know, like you said, a proven, a proven coach. Yeah, and and I mean, they're they're not they're not going out and uh, bringing those players in. That's the job of the front office, right? Exactly. You know, the scouting department, the general yeah. manager, and the, and, the, and the draft yeah. and free agency. You know, yeah, that's true. That's a great point. Yeah. So uh, uh, it, it will be interesting. We will see. I mean, I would I would expect. That uh, that Auburn will will have will will fill its open spot for defensive line coach um, here in the next few days, and even though players, even though there there may not be uh, a ton of players left out there to sign tomorrow and on through the early signing period, I think um, I think that's still a date where you want to get past that in case there is you know a player or two that you want to add things like that. And then we'll see some we'll see some more coaching moves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it is a different day than it used to be. Oh, it it used to be tomorrow. Uh, I would guess. Well, the day or two after signing day is when you would see just you know dozens of coaching moves, yeah. uh, where coaches would be leaving one school, going to another place mm-hmm. uh, because they got they got the the players that they'd been recruiting signed with that school and then they moved on. And I always right. I always felt bad because back then there wasn't as much recourse for the players. They were they they'd have to try to appeal and the NCAA didn't used to be nearly as uh, lenient. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely yeah. right with yeah. granting waivers right. with players. Right. It was tough. Once you signed, you were pretty much there unless I mean like you said it had to be really really a special case. Yeah, that's tough. And, uh, you know, you recruit a kid for one or two or three years and then you sign him and the next day you're gone. That's hard on everybody, especially oh, yeah. the player. Oh, no no kidding. And I think that's a, a, a legitimate reason for them to be able to move maybe, especially if it's a head coach, which is oh, absolutely. very seldom happens after. No, right no, after you're, you're right. It's, you, it's usually yeah. position it's coaches uh, that, that are, are changing. Right. And, um, and, and yeah. we, we'll see. But, I mean, I don't think it'll take terribly long after – after tomorrow for Auburn to fill that defensive line coach. All right, uh, we're just underway here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Again, we'll check in with Andy Burcham from the ballpark, from uh, Plainsman Park. As a matter of fact, he's checking out the uh, Auburn scrimmage that is going on right now. Auburn scrimmaging uh, three more times, I believe, this week. I can give you the... uh, Let's see. Uh, yeah, I, 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 we can give you the schedule here as as we. Well, I'm sure Andy's got it with him as well. But uh, but yeah, we'll check in with with Andy from the ballpark. But we'll get to after we get to our first break here of the afternoon. Love for you to join us here on the Tuesday Drive. For air that's cool and clean. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. As I mentioned, a beautiful day, and what a, what a great day for baseball and 
And I, I think we, we gave him an idea last week, and it makes a lot of sense. Couldn't find a much better day in, in February to be out at the ballpark than a day like today. And the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Bertram, joining us from Plainsman Park. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a gorgeous afternoon. Tigers are scrimmaging right now. They're in the bottom of the second, the blue squad, which I would think is pretty close to your first-teamers, maybe your starters, a week from Friday up 2 nothing, a two-run at two-out homer by Bobby Barrels, Bobby Pierce in the first inning, following a two-out double to left by Ike Irish. Right now it's 2 nothing. Cam Tilly working for the Orange squad right now on the Hill. Uh, that's a couple of guys uh, that you, you spoke of there that uh, uh, re- really looking forward to seeing them this season in uh, in Bobby and Ike. And and Bobby, did the, did the homer go to right field? No, I went to left. All right. The, uh, the pole, the, uh, the, the light pole beyond the monster and left. Irish's double was the opposite way, kind of an Ike well, Irish and Irish Well, he double. just hits the ball hard wherever it's pitched. Exactly, exactly. But, but it's, a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous afternoon. I think when Auburn opens the season here a week from Friday, it's supposed to be about 10 degrees colder. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I just hope that it's dry. And it's now 4 to nothing. another two-on homer here mm. in the uh, the bottom of the second, so 4 nothing. Yeah, well, I, I was asking Gabe about that the other day, Gabe Gross, you know, about the guys. Um, I, I feel like they're – there are a few guys up and down this lineup that can drive the ball and hit it out of the park. And good to hear about. I mean, Bobby had uh, didn't he? He had nine or ten homers a couple of years a year, year before last. Last yeah. year was just uh, you know alley guy. I mean, he was he was constantly driving the ball into the alley for doubles. And I just felt like as hard as he hits it, those some of those are going to just translate into going over the fence. I mean, this is a team that's. I like the combination there in the lineup. They've got some speed and they've got pop. And one of the things we were talking about the other day, a lot of guys that, you know, are returning, coming back for that, uh, you know, second year with, with Ike and, and Chris, uh, Chris Stanfield and, and uh, Cooper McMurray. I mean, just they, they've got guys that should, you should see even more improvement over what we saw a year ago. Well, and, and uh, absolutely, and then there's there's the new faces, and I think Jason Caldwell wrote about Javon Hernandez right. today, the transfer from uh, from Jacksonville State, who could be he could play anywhere from second to third. Uh, I think he's playing third base for Auburn today in this scrimmage, but uh, a guy that that was a fabulous hitter a year ago for mm-hmm. Jacksonville State is originally out of Connecticut. Jason did a really nice job in in profiling Hernandez. Uh, and he's going to be one of the new guys. I think that that Auburn's going to get to see. And and obviously, you know, it's it's Tuesday. You're a week and a half away from the, the start, and things can change between between now and then. But it's going to be a fun year. I think it's going to be a fun year for this Auburn baseball team. A lot of people have written them off, which is you know that's kind of the that's the tradition at this time right. of the year. You forget about Auburn, and then all of a sudden Auburn's there at the end of the season. Yeah, who's uh, who, who was working for the uh, for the blue team on the mound today? Uh, left-handed, left-handed freshman, and I don't have my roster in front of me, but has uh, has shown some life. Uh, throwing uh, last inning, had three strikeouts with a fastball down and away, a fastball on the inside corner, and a fastball on the outside corner. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah, I, I liked, I mean, the the depth there on the pitching staff, and uh, 
Um, we'll get an, we'll get an opportunity with uh, uh, Coach Tiford here in a, in, a, in a day or so to hear a little bit more about the progression there of the staff. But I mean, the numbers. I, I think the depth is something. You know, it's funny, we've talked so much about it, and rightfully so, with Auburn basketball, which we'll get to here, obviously, momentarily. But I like the depth on this baseball squad. Well, 80% of the pitches thrown by Auburn a year ago are back. And while Auburn still has to figure out what's going to happen at second and short and third, and at least one of the outfield spots, with Irish now behind the plate, so that's another defensive spot that that should be taken right now. I mean, you've got that ability. And some new guys as well, some young guys as well that, that you like uh, for this Auburn baseball team. I like this team. Butch Thompson has said it a number of times. He really likes this team. And I don't know if that's just that he likes the guys. He likes this team. He likes the, the culture of this team. Or if it's he likes the way they play or it's a little bit of both. But uh, if, if the head coach likes it, I, I like it as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, you, you mentioned Ike. Uh today pre second team preseason all-america by the uh, national collegiate baseball writers association and rightfully so after being a freshman all-american a year ago and a, a draft eligible sophomore so come out and watch enjoy it while you can exactly yeah exactly. it's the way it was with jabari smith the year a couple times i'm like boy enjoy this one for now because he's gone after this year and i'm afraid if, uh, if ike has the same kind of year that he did a year ago and, and performs well behind behind the plate for the Tigers, uh, he'll be a highly prized draft prospect come next summer. Oh, there's there's no question about that yeah. because I mean catchers that can uh, that can do anything at the plate. I mean a, a a solid catcher who can do anything at the plate is is so valuable. And and Ike, of course, is I mean uh, probably as as he was probably as advanced a freshman hitter. Yeah as I've seen at Auburn since Frank Thomas. Well, that, 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 that's terrific. I mean, you, you talk about outstanding comparison there, but in, and his, his power came on as the season went along right. as well. I mean, he hit, from, he hit from day one, had gap power, but then we started to see him use the power that, as you mentioned, he hits, has power to all parts of the field, and that just developed. As, as the, the year got warmer, uh, the, the spring got warmer. He did as well as what the power, and he continued just to mash the ball all season long. And uh, uh, and now he's he's got to he's got to do the same thing, you know, do it and perhaps a little bit better in his sophomore year. Yeah, while while you know having the responsibilities of calling the games and uh, working behind the plate. Well, and, and you know there was there was talk that there were some schools out there that tried to get him, uh, saying you can be our everyday catcher. And Auburn said, nope, you're our everyday catcher. And so it's good to have Ike Irish here for another year and uh, just look forward to, to his development behind the plate and what he does at the plate as well. Oh, absolutely. Andy Burcham joining us from uh, – uh, go through the whole thing. Is it, should I just Do you just call it Plainsman Park or is it Sanford uh, Stadium, both. Hitchcock Field, or Plainsman Park? I, I, will, I will do – I will refer to it both ways. If it's a quick reference, quick reference is Plainsman Park. There you go. Andy, coming to us from Plainsman Park. Yes, we we definitely want to talk about the huge matchup tomorrow night. Tell you what we will do. We'll go ahead and get to our bottom of the hour break a little early. Uh, Stick with us as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive. Spending the night um, out of the north side of uh, Neville Arena 
for tomorrow night's ball game. So uh, it's, it's an enormous game. Listen, for a, for a number of reasons. Yes, it's the rivalry between Auburn and Alabama. Uh, we, we know about that. It is for first place in the Southeastern Conference. Right. And, and a win for Auburn t- tomorrow night. And the Tigers then, the, 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 the tiebreaker that Alabama has on Auburn goes away. A win for Alabama tomorrow night, and they basically have a three-game lead on Auburn because they're up two games plus they have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, is there a lot of base or basketball to be played? Absolutely there is. But, uh, you know, you, you've seen the price of tickets. If you don't have a ticket, you'll be paying a lot of money to, uh, to get a ticket on the secondary market. And SeatGeek is the official secondary partner, the official ticketing partner for, for Auburn Athletics. And, um, I, it, listen, it's, it's one of those games, Bill, that, that I'll walk into that building and I'll be there for Auburn shoot-around uh, at midday and I'll stay until the game tomorrow night. And it's just one of those days where I walk into that building and I'm like, wow, I get, I get to sit there in front of the jungle and feel the shakers on my head tomorrow night and I get to call <laughs> this basketball game tomorrow night. So uh, I've, I've got to rein myself in a little bit before tip-off tomorrow night. Well, and, and – uh... You know, Bruce. Bruce talked about it a little earlier today. He wants it as crazy as can be. He he he'd like things, you know, a, a little controlled. Uh, he 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 did uh, encourage encourage the the fans to uh, uh, to to just you know keep it clean, but uh, keep it crazy. So yeah, it's uh, it is going to be. Hey, fortunately for the kids that are camping out tonight, doesn't look like the weather's going to be. You know, completely freezing. It's going to be dry. So, so uh, that's the best thing that they have going for them. Something I hadn't realized until till I was told this a couple of days ago is that this this is the first time that both teams have been ranked with Auburn hosting Alabama. They played as is that right? They played it. Huh. Yeah, when they have played as with both teams ranked, the games have either been in Tuscaloosa or one time back in the fifties it was in Montgomery. Well, you know, the, this week's Talking Tigers podcast is with Rex Frederick. Oh, yeah. Of course, Rex played in the late 50s for Auburn in the old sports arena, and he played baseball. He was an all-SEC player in, in, in both sports. And, and he talked about the fact that, that games that time, and, and, and apparently, Bill, they played two games. They played home and away, basically, in Montgomery. Uh-huh. Uh, at the point, so well, I, I think Montgomery just had you know larger accommodations, and there right. was um, it was more accessible for fans to be able to come to Montgomery, where they, they played it in the old uh, 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 Garrett Coliseum, I believe. I guess, and and at the time, if I'm not mistaken, Auburn was playing in the barn, the sports arena. Yep, and Alabama was probably still playing at Foster Arena. So both of those are Foster Auditorium, and both of those were very small venues. Right. And uh, when when Rex Frederick was playing, so uh, I'm not surprised to to hear that. But uh, I was it was fascinating to talk to him uh, for for the podcast because it's such good, just such good history that uh, you know. I mean, I knew Rex was a fabulous player, had 27 rebounds in one game. By the way, still the still the Auburn record. Yeah, and uh, but was also a very good baseball player with Auburn. Played left field and first base, and was all SEC. In baseball, a part of an SEC championship uh, for Auburn baseball at well, that time, and they played. I didn't realize this as well. They played here at Plainsman Park. I said it's changed a little bit since your day, and oh. she said, "Yep, 
The dimensions are the same, though. It's still 90 feet down to the mm. first baseline. Uh, that that is that that's right. Yeah, the the, sta- the Blazeman Park looks a whole lot different than than when I first came here, and right. I'm I'm sure even back then. But uh, yeah, I would have figured Rex would have played a little first with that. Uh, you know, he's he's a little uh uh give him a little bigger target over there at first base than uh, than, than a lot of players. Uh, he was six foot, or he still still is. He's six foot five. Uh huh. And I'm told he had a very good stretch. At first base, so that's a big target at first base. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'd encourage folks to uh, to check that out. That was the uh, t- the Talking Tigers podcast from yesterday, right? Correct, correct. That's the Talking Tigers podcast. This coming Monday uh, is Byron Franklin, former Auburn wide receiver, played for uh, both Buffalo and Seattle in the NFL, and is now a pastor in West Alabama. Former Auburn board of trustee right. member. So uh, you get to get to know Byron Franklin Senior. A little bit more coming up. Oh, that's good. Re- really, really, really nice guy. Uh, have, have that that look. I I look forward to that. I haven't seen or had a chance to uh, to speak with Byron in in uh, quite a while. So that's great. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the matchup tomorrow night, Andy. It was it was a game in which Alabama got off to a hot start. They are uh, one of, if not the top scoring teams in the nation. And uh, they love to shoot the three, and generally, if they make a dozen or more, they don't lose, and they average uh, around eleven made per game. Well, they're very good, and they're they're even better at home, which yep. most teams are in the SEC. They're a great shooting team, period, Bill. Not just from three and from the free throw line. They're yes. fabulous. I mean, they're the best free throw shooting team in the Southeastern Conference. So offensively, Nate Oates' team comes in here as high-powered an offense as he's had, I think, in a, in a while. And that, that says something. They got off to a very good start in, in Tuscaloosa. Ryland Griffin came off the bench and was just fabulous uh, coming off the bench. I think hit his first four threes. And in a first half where Auburn trailed by 14 at the half, he was one of the big differences for Alabama. Now, the second half, Auburn did a better job of defending the three, ran Alabama mm-hmm. off the three-point line better. Uh, got the ball inside. They they never did stop Janai Broom on the night. And and Auburn just shot the ball better in the second half and had a chance late and gave up some offensive rebounds, and, and Alabama won it. It's a great win for the Crimson Tide. They've not lost since, have remained in first place in the Southeastern Conference. And, of course, Auburn then went to Mississippi State and lost, and, and now Auburn has won a couple ball games. The win at home against Vanderbilt and then the win last Saturday night at Ole Miss. So, Tomorrow night's game has a great deal on the line. It's Auburn and Alabama. Uh, I can remember after that broadcast and, and, and just talking with folks, the, the first thing that was said was, yeah, they, they come to our place next. And, you know, now Auburn's ready. Auburn's getting ready for the Crimson Tide. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it will be a great – I think this game will match the hype that surrounds it for tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to figure how I can get there before too late tomorrow night. But you right. know, one of the things that I really felt uh, that you know Alabama before Auburn before Auburn went into Coleman, uh, Alabama had been out rebounded by a few teams, and and Nate Oates challenged his team to be physical, and they were physical. Yeah. And they out if they had fifteen or sixteen offensive rebounds against Auburn. I thought Grant Nelson was better yeah. in that ball game than I had seen him since he had come to Alabama. 
it was the difference late. He was the difference late on the offensive glass yep. late. He got two huge offensive rebounds in the last minute and a half, including a rebound dunk that turned into a three-point play in that ball game. So it was an enormous factor in that ball game. All right, two out single up the middle by Bobby Pierce, and uh, he's now driven home four in this scrimmage. It's now 6-1 with the Blue Squad. They've scored twice in each of the first three innings. Just just happened as we were talking. Oh, that's the, uh, not do play-by-play. Oh, no, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really thinking Bobby's going to have a, a huge, I, huge I really, And you know what? Year. He's one of those guys that it's hard not to pull for it. I mean, yep. you, you look at a guy, and we'll get back to basketball in just a second, but he's a guy that has dealt with knee, both knees that have given him trouble. Uh, he has been a faithful servant here at Auburn, and I just I, I pray for his sake that he has a healthy mm-hmm. final year in right field. He has great speed when he's healthy, a fabulous arm, yes, he and does. he can hit for power for the Tigers. So he's yeah. had a good scrimmage so far today. Oh, that's good. That, that is Back really to good basketball, here. though, I, I thought offensive rebound in the last three minutes of that game was the final nail in the coffin uh, for Alabama's win against Auburn in Tuscaloosa. Yep. And, and then it sort of uh, carried over to Mississippi State, which is more known for their physicality and, and you know, they they have uh, more of a physical presence and more size down front. But, I mean, that's something Auburn has to do. You talked about Auburn running them off the line. Auburn's got to contest their three-pointers, but they've got to prevent Alabama from getting second and third opportunities. If they do well, that, well, I think Auburn's it. got a great shot. I think Alabama will get their looks at three points. Just can't give them wide open looks. Right. At three point, they're just too good from the three point line. I think they will get theirs tomorrow night. But you've got to do a better job. And Auburn did a better job in the second half mm-hmm. than in the first in Tuscaloosa of contesting those threes, and it paid off for Auburn. I mean, Auburn came out and and actually had the lead at one point in that second half, and Alabama came back and, and won it. But Auburn can't have a an, an off half of basketball against the best team so far in the SEC in Alabama. If you just look at the records, they can't do that even tomorrow night at home against the Crimson Tide. Oh no, no, you can't dig. You can't dig too big of a hole early on. The other thing, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you do, or I don't know what the cause is, but boy, the 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 difference in the splits between first and second half for Janai Broom has been uh, quite drastic. I mean, Janai's had quite a few ball games where you know he just he doesn't either have the opportunities or uh, you don't notice you don't notice him as much. He doesn't get the numbers in the first half as, I mean, great example was the Ole Miss game. I mean, um, he had a great game throughout, but once he got the ball, he was unstoppable. And you said it um, just a little while ago. Alabama had no answer for Janai uh, when, when he got the ball up in uh, in Coleman. Auburn's, just, Auburn's got to feed the big guy. Well, and, and, and let me say this about Janai, and you're right. I mean, he didn't score. He didn't score in the first half at Mississippi State. He was very good in the second half. He didn't score in the first half against Ole Miss and then was, well, the SEC Player of the Week. The Oscar Robertson National Player of the Week. Exactly. Against Alabama, they didn't stop him in the first or the second. No. Uh, And and worth noting, look what Tolu Smith did against Alabama in that win this past weekend for Alabama. Huge day for Tolu Smith on the inside. They Mm -hmm. didn't stop him either, but – Alabama couldn't. Uh, Alabama didn't miss, and they scored over ninety in that in that ball game. I I think it could be a huge night for Janai Broom tomorrow against Alabama. Uh, they they've not done 
as well defensively underneath. Of course, it hadn't hurt them. No, no. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, yeah. Nate Oates' philosophy is, you know, you take two, I'll go for three. It's like three's going to beat two every time. Exactly. Uh, But but a huge day tomorrow, or a huge game tomorrow night for both Jalen, yes, and. Jani. Remember, Jalen didn't have much of a game in in, in Tuscaloosa. And either one of well. those games, yeah, in right. Tuscaloosa so, or Starkville. So, so if if you get both of those guys going, and and Auburn's not inept from shooting the three either. Auburn had twelve. Mm-hmm. Auburn had twelve at Ole Miss this past weekend. It's what kept Auburn in the game in the first half was his three point shooting, including that three right at the end of the first half by Denver Jones that cut the lead to nine. And I don't know what it is, Bill. And I've called basketball for a long, long time. You've been around it for a long. There's a difference when a team trails for an entire part of the half and gets a bucket to cut the lead to single digits going mm-hmm. into the locker room, especially on the road. And boy, then boy, then the onslaught took place in the second half for Auburn. Oh, you're you're, you're absolutely not kidding. But uh, but yeah, Jalen. But I, I've I've got to get your thoughts. CBM Chad Baker Mazzara has Ooh. has really stepped it up. I mean, and he showed his leadership ability. Uh, apparently, you know, in the locker room at halftime, but on the court, and man, yeah. he is he is an electric player. He can, I mean, he can get things going on both ends of the court. He's got such length that he's able to uh, to make plays defensively. But man, he is he has really stepped it up here recently offensively. I talked to Chad Baker Mazar, Bill, before the game Saturday. He was on our pregame show right. Saturday night, and I asked him. I said. Do you ever talk in Spanish during the game? He said about every other play, he finds himself <laughs> talking in Spanish. So my my follow-up was, has anyone ever ever answered you in Spanish? And he said, yes, an official at some point this year talked to him in Spanish. <laughs> That's and probably a surprise. Yeah. And I'll be honest, guys, I didn't know until I got on the bus that he had conducted the halftime, and apparently at one point he he fell into the Spanish. When he was talking to the guys, they had to wow. remind him that you need to speak to everybody. To understand? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it was, it certainly worked. And oh. he is—he can be a force at both ends of the floor. He's—he's he's long, as you'll hear basketball coaches right. talk about. And the dunk that he had along the baseline when the shot clock went off is one of the electric plays of the season for Auburn. One of the electric plays of this season was was that dunk that kind of that was the exclamation point in that ball game against Ole Miss. Yeah, no question. I mean, this is a, a fun team to watch. This is going to be a uh, – I mean, I, I can't wait to get in there and feel the atmosphere. You're going to be there watching it build and feeling it build and, and yeah. they're try, trying to hear yourself and, uh, and and Sonny talk tomorrow night. It's going to be a challenge. That's a challenge that we will meet. <laughs> Gladly. Oh man, can't cannot wait for that uh, great matchup, Andy. Um, fill us in on everything that's going on yeah. with uh, um, uh, you know ar- around the uh, the the network broadcast and everything. We'll be on the air at five thirty tomorrow night. Remember, it's a six o'clock uh, tip off mm-hmm. from Neville Arena. So Sonny and Brad and I are on the air tomorrow night at five thirty. Thursday night, Tiger Talk back at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Our guests include Auburn uh, associate head coach Stephen Pearl. Stephen will be uh, handling the show Thursday night for his father. Carter Sobera will join us as well. And we'll preview Auburn's softball opening weekend. Mickey Dean will join us right off the top of the show on Thursday night. Of course, uh, there is no uh, women's basketball 
on Thursday. They're off for, for Thursday. Right. Softball begins on Friday out of Jane B. Moore Field. This year, the uh, softball games will air on WEGL. Right. Uh, so uh, Britt Bowen will have the calls on Friday. And then Saturday, we're on the road at um, at Florida, where Auburn hasn't won since Jim Fife was calling games yeah. for Auburn. And I'm not kidding about that. No, was it like 96? Um, yes. So yeah. I think Ray Donald hit a three from the corner. Yep. And then called Jim Fife the whole postgame interview, which I thought was, was hilarious. We'll be on the air at 2 o'clock Central Time from Gainesville on on Saturday. It's an enormous week for Auburn basketball. I can't wait to call both games. No question about it, Andy. Really appreciate you joining us from the ballpark where, you know, we're just a little over a week away from Auburn baseball as well. So yeah, uh, we, we do not know the game time, the, the first game time yet on that Friday. We're still waiting to get game time for Auburn, Eastern Kentucky in the opener. Of course, all those games this year on Wings 94-3. Well, that – Probably, uh, I would say weather may have a little something to do with that. I think it will. <laughs> All right, Andy. I think it will. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate right, you joining care. us. Take care. Have a great day. War Eagle. All right. Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, joining us as he does on Tuesdays. Today over the ballpark. Hey, the scrimmages are open. If you're out and about and you've got some, you've got some spare time, um, go check them out. I'll run down when the other ones are this week. Uh, in just a little while, but right now we need to get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. Inspired. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. You can call us on the Drive hotline, sponsored by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number, 334-564-1840. In the last hour, reports... And this, this is, uh, yeah, this is huge. Uh, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers are planning to launch a joint sports streaming service later this year. This will, uh, according to a, uh, I believe the first post I saw was from Ari Marov, who said that the move will place content from ESPN, TNT, and Fox Sports on a new standalone app and will have significant ramifications for the future of television sports. In other words, this is going to be a subscription. You want sports? You come to this one place, and you should be able to see, I guess, pretty much anything from ESPN, Fox, TNT. Uh, It does not yet have a name or a price. Yeah. It ain't going to be free, folks. No, it sounds like the old cable is coming back almost. Well, what it is, I mean, everybody's streaming. Yeah. I mean, so what's happening is there are more and more people that that have cut the cord with cable and are trying to figure how they're going to watch their sports. And this, I mean, when when ESPN and Fox agree on something (laughs) – uh, that's, that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. That's, that's like Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> um, so according to, uh, Joe Flint of the wall street journal, uh, there's uh, the, the parent companies of ESPN, Fox and TNT sports 
are set to roll out a combined sports streaming service that would feature inventory from all three networks. So that is, uh, that's the future, folks, of, of how you're going to be able to get your sports. There's going to be less and less available on, you know, over-the-air Normal TV, broadcast. I guess, right. as we know I mean, it. I guess, you know, the, um, you know, CBS and – uh, and NBC and you know whatever whatever they have would still be available, yeah. but uh, but there's so many people that are going away from cable that, that I, I guess this one was uh, inevitable. Right. All right, we'll get to our top of the hour break. Just uh, we're halfway done. Open up the phone lines when we come back. Love to hear from you as we continue with hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It's Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Dan on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team as they have a long road trip this week. I mean, it was long enough last week they went to Louisiana Monroe and then uh, played Southern Miss on the way back. (laughs) This week they're going to Old Dominion for a game tomorrow. Then they go to Bowling Green for their conference matchup. They play interconference matchups against MAC teams, and they got Bowling Green. So Dan will be back next Monday and and uh, Don gracious enough to uh, to join in and help out here this week really appreciate you stopping in again thank you and it's it's fun I mean you and I I mean we <laughs> you know we just uh we, we during break sit back and talk about things that Drew has no idea about because we're, <laughs> we're so much older than he is um but yeah just you know as we were talking at the end of last hour about this is huge breaking news that ESPN Fox and TNT Sports are combining to produce a streaming service which would include all of their live sports. And, I mean, the thought of that, I mean, that is something sports fans, well, I mean, that that's, I mean, perfect because if you just have one place to go to get whatever normally would be on ESPN, Fox, or TNT Sports, that gives you a huge library that you're going through now, it's uh, it's not not going to be cheap. I'm sure it's not going to be free. I, I know that there's going <laughs> to be a price for it. They haven't named it yet. Super Sports. I'm just trying to think of yeah, you know, trying to think of what what they could call it. There's no telling. Yeah, that's interesting. And we were joking. I remember that when we had three channels. Oh yeah, total. Yeah, I mean, total. well, the thing is, it is it it, it is now so easy. Uh, I mean, you may have to go to so many different places to find it, but you can find just about yep. anything, any sport that is being played, you can find it. Right. I mean, uh, we grew up where there was maybe, you know, 
you maybe get a college game on Saturday. You get a col- college football game on Saturday. During baseball season, you got the game of the week on Saturday right. uh, with, with Dizzy and Pee Wee. Yep. And then you get NFL on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You get the, 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 AF, the AFL, uh, I believe, was on NBC, and the NFL was on CBS. Right. And, you know, you normally I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, we got the Browns back then because the Bengals were not even right. They going. weren't in existence, and our baseball team was either the Reds or the St. Louis Cardinals because we didn't have a sure. you know, a local pro, pro. I'm sorry, pro team. But yeah, now you can just flip through there and find soccer, hockey, uh, women's hockey. I watched a few minutes. Oh ago. yeah, I a mean, well, like I'm saying, whatever league. sport there is, you pr- you can probably find it yeah. now. Where I mean, it it used to be. Um, I mean, it was it was such yeah. a huge deal when Monday Night Football came. Oh out. my goodness! Because football on a on, not on the weekend. I yeah. mean, and now you know there's yeah. football played every day, and baseball was played every day, but you didn't get to watch nope. any. Uh, it was really a big deal when WGN and the Superstation, uh, Ted Turner's Channel 17, right. came on and were showing baseball during the week. Yeah. That you was know, huge. But, I mean, yes, it is. it has moved, and we were talking about it during the break. I mean, um, ESPN, I mean, cable cable is dying. There's, yeah. there's no question about it. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, that that folks keep hanging to, hanging on to with cable is live sports. If live sports is all available on one streaming service, then that's, uh, that's, that may be the final nail. For, uh, for 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 cable in its in its current situation yeah, in its current I, mode. I still uh, getting off the subject a little bit. I still love to listen to a, a radio broadcast. I, well, good radio play by play is. I mean, it's descriptive. Mm-hmm. You can you know you can it, they paint the picture in your mm-hmm. head. I still feel I still feel like baseball. Yeah, is is the sport that was made for radio? Uh, no doubt. Harry Carey. I mean, my goodness, those days. And uh, like I said, I grew up a Reds fan uh, long before uh, uh, Marty Brimman. I remember uh, Wade Hoyt, and he was oh yeah pitcher and those guys. And yeah, it was exciting. It's still, you know, traveling. I still like to go to the serious stations, and you can pick up the. Oh, lo- it's the it's local so much announcers. better. Yeah. It's so much it's so much better than the old days. Listen, yeah. growing up in South Alabama, yeah, it was like go through the static on AM radio <laughs> yeah. and see if I could find. You know, I'd be able to listen to WLW. I'd listen right. to KMOX. I yes. could, you know, I could on a wild night if I'd find a high enough spot, I could pick up Detroit. I mean. Yeah. You know, or, or Houston, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I love baseball. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I listen to the static. Look, my wife, uh, I, I could, I knew that uh, I, I would be fortunate enough to, uh, if I was fortunate enough to be able to, um, you know, land her, that that I had a keeper because she put up with me listening through the static to oh, some yeah. baseball oh, games yeah. uh, in the evenings. Yeah, very, very irritating to, to the oh ear. man it was awful yeah. i mean you yeah. know if you're if you don't know what you're listening to you're just right. hearing noise yeah and could, i'm listening through the noise to try to hear the the uh play-by-play try to pick up whas out of louisville and kwood letford on the old oh, yeah. kentucky broadcast the same thing donna thought i was nuts i'd drive i gotta drive over to this that's street. right I gotta you gotta turn wait a minute to stop yeah. i gotta yeah. go back it right. came in back around the corner 
funny. Oh, yeah. Drew doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> now, you don't have to worry about that now. Everything, no. I mean, you have satellite. Yeah. Every, everything is, is uh, so much more accessible now. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, so uh, uh, we're, we're getting a little off. I mean, so, so we went down, went down a, a, another road. It doesn't matter. It's fun. Uh, we'd love for you to join in, though. We talked in hour number one with Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers. He's over at Plainsman Park watching a scrimmage there, but uh, obviously it is the eve of the uh, Iron Bowl of basketball, Auburn, mm-hmm. Alabama, tomorrow over at Neville Arena. Um, the the place will be packed to the gills. I mean, people are, are desperately trying to find tickets to be able to get in tomorrow night. Six o'clock tip, and first place in the SEC is on the line. I mentioned it a little earlier, the first time that both Auburn and Alabama have been ranked with Auburn playing host to the game uh, here. So, I mean, there's an awful lot. Alabama, like Andy said, if Alabama wins, Auburn's in all sense three games back Mm. because Alabama has a one-game lead right now. A win would give them a two-game lead. They'd also have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So Auburn would have to finish – you know, Auburn would have to gain three games on Alabama. And with the stretch the Tigers have coming up in February, that would be very difficult. This is a critical ball game. If you're, like Bruce Pearl said today, if you're to maintain hopes of staying in the race to win the SEC regular season, you really need to win tomorrow night. You need to win your home games. Right. You got to win some road games as well. We've got some Bruce Pearl audio from earlier this afternoon. That uh, if we get an opportunity, we will let you hear. We'd love your thoughts on that, on anything that you want to talk about sports-wise. You know, we had a question yesterday uh, we were, when we were talking about coaches leaving college to go to the NFL. Uh, did, did, you mention, did you mention on the air a little bit uh, ago, or was that off the air when you were talking about another? The Michigan D-line coach is leaving to, to join uh Jim Harbaugh yeah, at the Chargers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that and, just happened. Okay, yeah. and and then as we were talking yesterday, um, still a lot of buzz about the possibility of Ryan Grubb, who came with Kalen DeBoer from Washington to Alabama as offensive coordinator, headed to Seattle. Um, and today, multiple reports saying it looks like it's down to a two-man race for the Seahawks offensive coordinator position, hmm. one being Ryan Grubb, who I believe his family is still in Seattle uh, and has been um, been there with uh, at Washington with Kalen DeBoer. He's a guy that Nick Saban went after last year right. before he uh, brought in Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. Right. So he's very highly thought of. Mm-hmm. The other coach that's being mentioned is Tanner Ingstrand, who is uh, the passing game coordinator for the Detroit Lions. So those appear to be the the top two candidates for that uh, Seattle Seahawks position. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. No news today, and I'm not surprised, on the Auburn defensive line position. I still think that uh, shortly after signing day, which a lot of folks may have forgotten is tomorrow, still called National Signing Day, uh, shortly after then there will be a few more coaching moves, and I think the Auburn that that Hugh Freeze will uh, fill that opening on his staff here in the next few days. Again, uh, we'd love your thoughts on the matchup tomorrow. Uh, anything you want to talk about sports wise? Tell you what we'll do. We'll go ahead and get to our first break a little early, 
and we'll let you hear some of the comments from Bruce Pearl as he met with the media a little earlier this afternoon previewing the matchup against Alabama. Again, you can join us by calling the Drive Hotline, which is sponsored by Skybar. That number is 334-321-1390. You can text us on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who also sponsor the podcasts of the Drive. The text number, 334-564-1840, as we uh, just are underway here in hour number two of the Drive, and the second hour of the show always brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'll get to our first break. We'll hear some uh, comments from Bruce Pearl, but your calls come first as we continue here with the Tuesday Drive. I'm Jessica Samuel with Opelika. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Coach Don Dunn. Drew at the controls, and let's get to the drive hotline, sponsored by Skybar and Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, you're a music guy, uh, Bill, but uh, uh, we lost Toby Keith yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm aging faster than I than I realized. I didn't realize he was 62. It didn't seem like he was that old. I I, I did not either, and and actually, Axl Rose turned. 62 today, <laughs> which I didn't realize he was that old either. But uh, yeah, you know, we lost, we lost Terry, we lost Carl uh, um, uh, Weathers, lost Toby. Yeah, and I even heard, and I saw this. Um, you guys probably saw it too, but the the uh, longtime coach for Florida State uh, passed away. I think last week, also the one that that coached for like 39 seasons. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm blanking on his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, so, yeah, just, oh, uh, they come in threes and fours. But anyway, um, yeah, I didn't realize, I didn't realize until he was that, that, that uh, old either. I, I remember they used to play uh, after the Cowboys would win in a bar we used to go to in San Antonio. Was it Mike, Mike Martin? Was that the? Uh, Mike, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But, uh, but yeah, they used to play uh, one of his first hits, uh, I Should Have Been a Cowboy, right. from his first album in this bar whenever the Cowboys would win on Sunday. <laughs> so I'll, I'll always remember that. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, hey, I remember, I, I remember one of the – all right, so I've gotten had the opportunity a few times to, uh, to go to the NBA uh, – the, the, not the NBA, to the NAB – convention out in las vegas the national association of broadcasters and uh we we were we walked through as his place was under construction before it was even finished there in uh in in vegas was it where was it the mgm i'm trying to remember which one of the casinos his place was in but yeah so i mean it just seems like oh just just a short while back uh he was a young guy who was who was really on top and and uh, his place was under construction. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, going back to, uh, I guess, CBS, wasn't it uh, Channel 17 out of Atlanta? Was it was it yes. WTCG? TCG is exactly what it was before it was TBS. Yes, indeed. Okay, yeah, because he used to could pick it up sometimes when the atmosphere was, was oh, good. Oh, yeah. And at night, you could yeah, pick it up. Yeah, absolutely could. 
you know, uh, on, on, on the old UHF, mm-hmm. you know, channels uh, on the old TVs back when we had 3, 9, and 12, like Coach. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, uh, getting back to the streaming thing now, I've, I've got satellite because so, uh, I'm out in the country. Sure. So I'm, I'm not, not really up on streaming the, the, the wife is. Well, I mean, she's got Netflix, and I think we've got Hulu and some other stuff. But I'm, I'm strictly a uh, satellite guy. But I'm probably going to have to learn how to do the, the streaming thing here soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, that uh, man, yeah, be able to get any sports you want. FS1 was showing, or FS2, I know. I think it was, I think it was FS2 had cricket on the other <laughs> night. Man, that's like like the early days of ESPN or something, yeah. you know, when yeah. when when we get to watch uh, uh, Australian Rules football. Yeah, in the middle of the uh, night. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I, re- I do remember the Australian Rules football. Yeah, but uh, um, and I got into a little bit of watching cricket because they had the World Cup in South Africa mm-hmm. when I went over there with a buddy. Who it wasn't, wasn't it like the was it was it like the under twenty cricket. Thing I mean, or, or no. was it? Oh, okay. Because while no, while no, we no. were on while we were on the cruise, one of the things okay. that they one of the things that they would they they'd say, oh, we have certain channels you can watch on your TV. One of them would be ESPN, but it was ESPN International, and it's like that seemed <laughs> like that's all we got was either tennis or under twenty cricket. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I. I, I still haven't figured out the rules in cricket because I mean they can play it for days. Yeah, and, seems like it. And 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 people, you know, picnic and tailgate and stuff. And but but when I was in South Africa in like it was two thousand two, I've even got a hat. Uh, but yeah, they were hosting like the World Cup of cricket, you know, for the which was pretty interesting. And yeah, it was on every channel there, obviously. But I still don't understand cricket. But uh. Last thing, yeah, the basketball game going to be amazing. Hopefully, uh, I was looking at the secondary market, and at least on StubHub, cheapest general admission standing room only tickets one hundred and twelve dollars. Wow! And and one from the nosebleed, which is I think section two eighteen. Yeah, the two hundreds are the upper level. Yeah, yeah, it's two hundred sixty-five dollars <clears throat> a piece. So yeah, that's that's going to be a a, a a tough ticket. Right there. Now, now, Bill, what, what section do you sit in? You don't have one, to tell me. It's one, well, one ten is is where our season tickets are. Okay. Okay. One ten. All, All right. right. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good, right there on the on the corner. The baseline. Yeah. 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 On the corner. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got, guys. I'll let somebody else get in and let you run some Bruce Pearl. All right. Pre- pre- appreciate it, Mitch. Um, Toby Keith's bar, by the way, it was. Uh, very appropriate. I remember that the, them putting the sign up. I love this bar. Yeah, and grill was the name of it. I love okay. this bar and grill. It was in Harris. I'll be darned. Um, wow. But yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, it it, uh, it closed during the pandemic and and mm-hmm. then never reopened. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it is going to be tough uh, to to find a ticket for tomorrow night. Wow. I, I yeah. That to me, that's cheap. Well, those that's probably a single. Stand, oh yeah, it's probably. I mean, the standing room. Um, but I, I would, I would, I just feel pretty confident in saying that seat in the upper level is probably a single. Yeah, it's probably not a pair. I, that, yeah. I doubt that you could buy two for that same whatever he was saying. Yeah, two sixty-five, two sixty-five each. No, I don't. Think I doubt so. there'd be two available. If they were a pair together, I guarantee you they'd Ooh. cost you. 
Um, no telling. At least $400 each. Easy. Easy. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, it. what a brilliant idea it was now. I mean, you look back at it, the uh, um, it has made the tickets are such a priority. They're such a hot item that, I mean, there are there are just not any available. I believe my believe my older son was saying that, you know, each year the faculty and staff can get into a lottery in case any tickets come open. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he said that they found out that, you know how many tickets came open this year? Four. <laughs> Four tickets. Wow. And you've got – Thousands of yeah. people, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in there because he's been trying yeah. to get them I'll ever ever bet. since he's been working on campus. Yeah, well, you know, we were talking, I think it was last week, Bill, that they were so smart in how they built the new arena. Oh, yes. Neville Arena. You look at, you know, like Rupp Arena. Kentucky, they have crowds, but they really don't have the home court advantage like an Auburn does because – all the what we call the old gray hairs are sitting down right. in front, and the students are scattered, and it, it's twenty something thousand. And Tennessee, yeah, it's a huge crowd, way. but it's not it's nearly not as that, imposing. Not, yes, and it's not as intimidating as when you walk in over here at Neville. I mean, they're right on top of you, the students, and I think that was a smart, smart thing they did. Yeah, that that was one of the things that you know the the Coliseum was a great multi-purpose arena. That's right. what it was. Exactly. It was a multi-purpose arena. Yeah. It was great for concerts. Yes, I've been to concerts. Uh, I over mean, there. and the sound was great for concerts. Right. It wasn't great for just making noise and intimidating down there on the floor. Um, and the students weren't able. There was there would be a section, but it was toward the yeah. end. Yeah where the students were and that's one of the things yeah. that was uh, it, it was very well thought right and you know there were some folks wondering is that going to be enough seats and still right now people wish there were more seats but it it makes it it just makes it so much better to have people you know the the students like we talked about yeah. camping out right to get in there right. because it's first come first serve exactly. to try to be able to get in there that's awesome i think i think it'd be so much fun to go to school Somewhere like here where you got a chance to camp out. You know, I never did that. I mean, I went to East Tennessee. We were lucky to. We we camped we camped few, out at the Coliseum, yeah. but not for basketball. I mean, we, we were <laughs> yeah. able to get into basketball. Right. We camped out for, like, concerts. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. 334-321-1390. We'd love your thoughts on the matchup tomorrow night. We've got some Bruce Pearl audio, but uh, we may save it. Uh, and, and, and run it a little later because we've got Jake Crane of Crane & Company going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, again, uh, some of the, the news of the day, the ESPN, Fox, and TNT Sports are combining, and they will be putting together a, a singular streaming service that would have all of the, all, all of the live sports that they offer Available at one spot. Wow, that is that is a huge. I mean that that is a huge step that is going to. Uh, uh, it's definitely going to change the way folks watch live sports. Right. I mean, more and more people are watching it streamed anyway. Yes. The only thing about watching it streamed is it drives me crazy <laughs> if I'm not at a game and someone I know is, and they're texting. And and they're about thirty seconds ahead of me. I'll tell you because a, that's the thing. The stream is not a live. funny. one real quick, Donna last weekend was in the, our living room. I'm in the kitchen, both TVs on, same station. 
She's going, oh, no, yeah. And I'm saying, Donna, please, I'm, I don't know what's going on yet. You, you've got, <laughs> what you have to do is then, like, change off of that stream, come back to it, and hope that you can catch yeah. up or, you know, at least not be behind. Uh, I want to remind you of a couple of things going on. Um, Lee Scott over on Tiger Country 104.5, uh, looking to advance to the final four in the uh, AISA basketball playoffs. Um, that Jacob with the the action there, and then meanwhile Jack uh, has got the um, the the Auburn High boys playing for the area title tonight against Central, mm. and you can hear that on W Lee. So ninety six three W Lee. So got uh, uh, really mm. outstanding basketball being played in there. But I tell you what, the the athletics here in this area. It's just just amazing on the high school level. I yeah, mean, really, really is. I think it's really improved, Bill, just in, since I've lived in Auburn. That you know, every sport, baseball, girls, oh yes, girls softball, all all of the sports have really improved. Let's get one call in before we get to our bottom of the hour break. Again, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Was it Brady? Brody. Brody. Uh, hey, Brody. Evening, gentlemen. How we doing? Doing fine. Great. Good, good. I uh, would like to start off, uh, let you know I'm a, I'm a diehard Tennessee fan living down here in Auburn. Uh, so definitely looking forward to y'all's game tomorrow night. Big Auburn fan because uh, a win by y'all would kind of uh, let us control our own destiny. <laughs> uh, there you go. The, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee season, just a game uh, back in the loss column. Correct. And, you know, we've still got one uh, a game left with Auburn, still have uh, Alabama again. And, right. Uh, get a rematch with South Carolina. So, yeah, definitely a, a huge Auburn fan tomorrow night. I understand. Yeah, I, hey, I, uh, no, I mean, I wanted to give a little uh, snippet to uh, to the listeners uh, going back to the the streaming side of things that y'all have been discussing. I've found a uh, a sports platform that not many people know about. Um, it's called Uzu U Z Z U, and you get every professional and college sports uh, event throughout the country and the world. I think I pay about nineteen bucks a month for it, huh. um, and it's an app that you can put on your uh, if you've got a Roku or a right. Amazon Fire Stick device. So, like I said, I pay nineteen bucks a month, and it's every NFL, MLB, NHL, NFL game, uh, cricket. You know the stuff across the the, the side of the globe. Uh, you get to pick all that up, and uh, I found that it's not very popular. I guess with its, its uh, marketing, uh, so not a lot of people know about it. So I was going to throw that out there for yeah. I had not heard of that myself. Yes, I mean, um, I don't even use Hulu anymore. Uh, that's, you know, my wife's got her Hallmark and her Netflix and all that good stuff. Sure. But uh, <laughs> uh, being a diehard sports fan, I found this platform that you uh, you literally, like I said, every professional and college uh, game that you could possibly want to watch, you've got on one platform. So I just thought I would throw that out there for the listeners that may be looking for an option to uh, to be able to watch a little bit more ball. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners will. Great hearing from you, Brody. Yes, sir. I, uh, I I enjoy you guys' show. Like I said, I'm a diehard uh, Tennessee fan, but I listen to you guys every afternoon. Been living in Auburn for about uh, two years now, and absolutely loved living down here. But uh, they they haven't been able to convert me yet, and I doubt they will. <laughs> Where are you from in Tennessee? <laughs> well, I am not from Tennessee. Oh, okay. Long story short, I'm okay. originally from Alabama. Played okay. football at Jacksonville State. Okay. Uh, but my dad is from Knoxville. He's actually the uh, the team bus driver for Tennessee football and baseball oh, and basketball. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah, it's a, it's a great job. He's you know he's, they wouldn't even have to pay me, and I'd do it for free because he gets in all the games free and you. stuff. But uh, yeah, I was, I was born here in Alabama. 
his dad was military. They were transferred down here, so that's kind of how I ended up here. But uh, all I've ever known is orange and white. I got you. I was lucky enough to be a graduate assistant under Johnny Majors uh, back oh, yeah. in the early Great days. Coach. Thank Great you. Coach. Yes, y'all have a good afternoon. Appreciate it, Brody. Good hearing from you. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Jake Crane of Crane & Company joins us on the other side, so stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com welcome back into the tuesday drive bill and coach don dunn here in the studio with uh, dan on the road with troy women's basketball and uh, drew of course at the controls let's get to the drive hotline presented by skybar and welcome in our good friend from Crane and & Company, and that is Jake Crane, of course. Jake, how you doing today? Uh, man, I'm doing great. Uh, getting ready for uh, what's going to be a crazy week. Uh, we've already seen some you know, crazy stuff go on, and, and they got the Super Bowl this Sunday. So uh, just uh, excited to get it rocking and rolling. Yeah, no kidding. It, it's hard to believe almost that the Super Bowl is this Sunday. It's even harder yeah. to believe that tomorrow, National Signing Day, used to be – I mean, it was it. That would be all we, we would be talking about – we we barely mentioned it just because, oh, by the way, tomorrow's National Signing Day because tomorrow we usually start off talking football. We got to start talking, uh, start off with basketball because tomorrow is a huge basketball game in the Southeastern Conference for both Auburn and Alabama over at Neville Arena. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, it's uh, one of those games where, you know, Auburn has a lot of momentum coming off the uh, the way they played in the second half, scoring 56 points at Ole Miss. But Alabama's playing about as good as anybody. Yep. Playing on the road in the SEC, you know, we all know it's a nightmare. But, I mean, you, you get a win tomorrow, uh, then you've got to go to Florida. Uh, it, would, it would really help Auburn, who I believe is projected 4C right now. So just, uh, just another big game in the SEC for Auburn. Yeah, and, and the first time these teams met, Alabama uh, jumped out and had a 14-point lead at the half. They shot it well, but the, the the key for Auburn is they couldn't keep Alabama off the backboards, and that's something that Alabama, up till that point, had really not been known for or been very strong at. I thought Grant Nelson was the difference in that ball game with, uh, with his ability to hit the offensive glass and keep Auburn from uh, from coming all the way back. Yeah, well, I mean, not just the Alabama game. That's how Mississippi State was able yep. to beat Auburn. I, mean, I think they shot like 24% from three, and, and that was the most surprising part. Uh, you know Alabama's going to hit some threes. They want to get out and run, uh, but, you know, the, the, their lack of a post presence, you know, you would think that'd be a place where Auburn would have a big advantage, and I think tomorrow night uh, Auburn's going to need to set the tone early with Jani Broom and Dylan Cardwell and, and Chaney Johnson, and if they're able to be as active as they were on the board uh, against Ole Miss, which I think they can out-rebound Alabama by a big margin. Uh, you get 25 assists in the game, and you're moving the ball the way that Auburn's moving the ball. I, I, and, I mean, playing at home in Neville Arena is a cheat code anyway. Uh, again, I mean, you get to that 19-4 and mark. You get to 8-2 and in the SEC. Um, you're, you're really setting yourself up to have a chance to, to do something in the NCAA tournament. But I'm telling you, man, the depth of this team, it's, it's really impressive. It it really is. Chad Baker Mazzara is a guy that that has really come on lately. Apparently, I mean, he took over at halftime and let the players know that it wasn't going to continue like that, and they weren't going to let uh, what had happened to him the 
uh, two games on the road before happen again. Man, he is a he is such a dynamic player. That's what Auburn Auburn has so many different type players that they can put out there, and and uh, it's it's very difficult for the opponents uh, not just to have to match up with the freshness, but the different styles and traits that those guys have when they when they uh, yeah. uh, sub. Yeah, well, you know, obviously you look at the conditioning part of it. That's huge, being able to rotate that many guys. It's almost like hockey, you know, that you come in and, and just yeah. go balls to the wall, and then they put the next rotation in. Um, but, you know, when it when it comes down to, to Auburn and, and the way that they're playing, I mean, look, the shooting comes and goes. When you play in the NCAA tournament, it's a neutral court. Neither team is at home. So the team that can win the most ways is typically the team that advanced the farthest when it comes to, you know, sudden death, you know, postseason format. So Auburn can win in a lot of different ways. Uh, if Aiden Holloway gets going two from the three, which I think he will, that huge Janai Broom shooting the three uh, has been huge. But, you know, a couple weeks ago when Auburn went through that two-game losing streak, we and, and I believe it was, was Zepp Jasper, I think I, I heard him say it, and it, and it was so true, Auburn needed a vocal leader that was somebody that was out there that was producing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to be a vocal leader – uh, when you're not out there producing. And Chad Baker-Mazar is producing, and obviously he stepped up to take that role. So if they can keep that going, I mean, Auburn's going to be a tough out. Yeah, now the guy who struggled a little on the road, and, and Bruce said it today, hey, it's it's no coincidence, when Jalen Williams plays well, Auburn generally wins. Uh, Jalen struggled in those two ball games on the road. He's not a vocal guy. But he's a guy that that when he is aggressive and when he's playing well, Auburn really just takes it to another level. Yeah, well, he's Jalen Williams to me. You know, playing the position he plays, he's almost like a, a tight end mismatch. You know, he's a big guy that that's left handed that that you know makes a lot of different type of shots. I mean, he's got a hook shot, he's got a good jump shot, he can shoot the three, he can drive and score, he can make the highlight dunk. And I tell you, he's a pretty good passer as well, but yes, he, is. He, he hadn't been showing up on the road. But, again, you have a guy in the middle like that uh, that can go in there and get rebounds. I think his physicality has been the part that I've seen the biggest jump, and I think that's bled through in the other parts of his game. He's going in there and, and getting it now. And, and, you know, again, when you have the size that Auburn has, I mean, I know our guards aren't huge, but, I mean, we're a pretty long team that, that can move our feet defensively Jalen Williams gets going. It's just uh, another person you you got to worry about. You can't double everybody. Oh yeah, and and then for Alabama, I mean, you know they're going to shoot the three. They're going to hit some threes. There's no way around that. But I mean, Grant Nelson, I thought really stepped it up. Uh, I, I believe uh, they're they're getting. Uh, oh, oh, what's it, what's his name back tomorrow? The other big Nick guy, Pringle. Pringle. Yeah, yeah. Pringle. Uh, getting getting him back tomorrow. The key for them is to to at least not let Auburn dominate inside. Auburn should have the advantage inside and then they've got to get after and at least contest you know contest the Alabama guard shooting the threes. Yeah, well look, I I would I would think, you know, again, I'm not a, a you know, basketball wizard, but I would think Auburn would try and get it down low and if Auburn can make some wide open kick out threes, Alabama's going to have to make a really tough decision. But to me when I look at Alabama, I I, I Mark Sears the value of Mark Sears to that team, he gets them through their dips. Yep. He gets them through their lulls. I think if you can find a way to make him uncomfortable, 
you can catch Bama, who I think is a streaky shooting team. They shoot it at a, a they score a lot of points from three, but I mean they shot what like forty eight threes against Mississippi State, something insane like that, or thirty eight threes or something, and, and made fifteen of them. But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think if you find a way to, to slow down Mark Sears and make somebody else beat you, Estrada is a good player. Grant Nelson really hadn't been able to figure it out offensively. You know, Reitzel can can shoot and can get hot. But it just seems like it all goes through Mark Sears. Oh, yeah. And Rodden Griffin had a great game uh, against Auburn up yeah, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and that dude always closes his eyes and hits three threes against <laughs> Auburn. It's just really? Yeah, you're, you're not kidding. Hey, I want to get a couple of other – get to a couple of other things before uh, we run out of time here this afternoon. You're, you're right. It has been a crazy – week with uh, with everything going on. I mean, obviously we got the Super Bowl coming up, but in 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 the uh, on the college front, you've got the uh, I wonder your thoughts on the the Boston decision about Dartmouth players being employees of the university? Yeah. Well, I, I look, <laughs> I think we we're we we're going to this anyway, but you know, and Dartmouth is a private university, right. but if if this goes through, I mean, Dartmouth basketball doesn't run as a profit. Y'all might have just canceled y'all's whole, canceled y'all's whole existence by doing this. Oh, that, that's here's absolutely the simple, the simplest solution for Dartmouth. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to try and t- if you want to get paid as an employee, here's the real question to me: is if you're going to get paid as an employee, then do you still get a scholarship for room and board and food and tuition and, and something like that? If, if you're an employee of the school, so there's a lot that that has to go forward. You remember USC uh, formed a little bit of a council that did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwestern did the same as well. Uh, but the labor board ruling on on Dartmouth being able to unionize, as as crazy as it is, I, I don't think it would be the worst thing of all time. I don't think it's this catastrophic meteor that some uh, people think. But I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to make money. What's going to happen? To all these sports that don't make money. Yeah, and the and the. Uh... The, the SEC Big Ten partnering to create an advisory. Uh, what, what do you take of that? What, I've heard some people say, well, that's it. That's the end of the NCAA. Uh, I, I wonder if that's what they want, or is it just like, look, we're, we're tired of this stuff that, uh, that, that it, we keep being pulled down by, by the smaller schools, the smaller conferences. Oh, now this is the beginning of the end of the NCAA in, in high levels of college football. Uh, this this was this was bound to happen. This was inevitable. And if look, if you're a fan of the ACC or the Big Twelve, I mean, to the victor go the spoils. You're just gonna have to kind of fall in line. But I'll say this: I, I don't like the NCAA. I, I don't at all. But you do need a governing body. Yes. If you're gonna have a governing body, it needs to have actual power. It needs to have balance enforcement. Everybody and their brother knows the NCAA literally enforced penalties on you depending on where you were and whether you were in good standing with them or not. I mean, it, it was unbelievably selective. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, and you look now, they're, they're losing more power. They're the emperor that has no clothes. Uh, I mean, Tennessee literally told him no. Penny Hardaway at Memphis told him no, I'm not suspended. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh made a mockery of him, and I think you're seeing a power grab or the first move to, to make the power grab, to have this breakaway uh, power five, group of five situation, which I think could be a good thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Jake. I, I think it's uh, it won't be long. Got to get your thoughts uh, quickly. What, what are you hearing about the, uh, the, the opening that uh, 
Hugh Freeze has now with uh, Jeremy Garrett headed to the NFL, as so many college coaches are trying to do? Well, look, you've, you've heard a couple names thrown about, to be honest with you. Uh, nobody is that, that, you know, who I've talked to is, is really sure about it, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is just one of those things that happen. I mean, uh, Coach Garrett, first off, congratulations to him, you know, for making the move up. You can't get mad at a guy no. going to the NFL. And, and I do think this narrative that somehow college coaches are, like, abandoning college football to go to the NFL. I mean, I'm telling people, like, a lot of guys want to coach in the NFL. I mean, even guys There's only that, so many jobs. I mean, yeah, like uh, there's a lot of guys that can't coach in the NFL because the NFL doesn't want them. I mean, Urban Meyer tried it. Nick Saban tried it. Steve Spurrier tried it. Jimmy Johnson tried it. Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll. Like some guys want to coach in the NFL. So uh, the skies are falling. But as far as that position opening, um, you know, at, at this point, kind of past signing day, the transfer portal doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, open up again until the end of spring unless something obviously happens with a head coach. Uh, they're taking their time to find the right guy. Uh, not just find the you know first guy that they can pull out of thin air. So I'm sure whoever Coach Freeze hires, he's going to be a guy that, that's ready to rock and roll, that's going to hit the ground recruiting, and, and as big of a loss as Coach Garrett was, I'm sure this guy's going to be good. Yeah, and, and I was saying a while ago, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect it to take terribly long. I do think there is something to do with the, uh, uh, the, the signing period, which gets started tomorrow. Hey, hey, Jake, is there anybody of note really left out there that hasn't signed? You know, not really. It's just crazy, Bill, because this used to be the the biggest recruiting day oh. of the year. Man, I this mean, was Christmas Eve. To, yeah. Right yeah, now I was mean, Christmas <laughs> Eve. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. I mean, guys were just checking, you know, message boards like fiends. Um, but now, that's why this isn't even signing day. This is this is uh, the late signing period. Some some people this still is, call it. Signing I hate day. to I hate signing to say it, Jake. It's 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 the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, listen, some guys are good enough where you know they can wait this long, like a Ryan Williams or, or somebody. But I tell you what, with the way that guys are able to play college football for thirty five years now, <laughs> and you're able to transfer eleven times, uh, a lot of high school spots are are getting spin up. Like yeah. there's not as many as there used to be. So guys are having to jump in the boat early. But look, Auburn, Auburn's class, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, there may be a couple guys out there that, that do something uh, that people aren't expecting tomorrow, but I think Auburn's uh, pretty much you know, locked up shop on what was a phenomenal class. We have bounced around to quite a few things, and, and that's what Crane and Company will do as well. Jake, let everybody know what you've got coming up, and for those that, that haven't uh, you know, uh, checked it out, how they can, how they can do so. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, uh, we had Tim Brando on today. We're talking a lot of college football, uh, obviously the Super Bowl, college basketball. Uh, we're going to have John Fanta on Thursday to recap the Auburn-Alabama game. We do a live chat. We take live calls. Uh, it's easy to find us on YouTube. It's Crane & Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, if you listen, it's Apple Podcast, Spotify, live at 6.30 a.m. on uh, weekdays to 8 a.m. Central. So, uh, yeah, man, if you can't catch us live, it stays on there the whole time. So uh, come hang out. And before we let you go, who you like Sunday? I'm just not betting against Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just not doing it. (laughs) I'm with you. Give me the cheese. Yep. Great stuff, Jake. Thanks, man. Have a great week. All right, Bill. Y'all be good. All right, Jake Crane. Crane and Company joining us every Tuesday at this time. We really appreciate uh, him spending some time with us. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Attention large property owners and adventurers.